Hey, what's going on, everybody? Another big week in New York sports. We're going to get into all of that. Welcome back to another episode of Winner Circle. I am your host, Anthony Wynn. I appreciate y'all joining me again. Um, big week this week for the local New York teams. Jets and Giants both lose uh, last weekend. Um, it's starting to look like both the teams are gonna uh, are gonna need some help to get in, and thankfully the Seahawks last night gave the Giants the help they needed. But we'll get into that. Um, the Knicks. Hey, I said the last episode do go four and one in the stretch of five. I mean, I wasn't gonna bring y'all up unless you did that and you went five and zero. Oh. They're on a five game win streak, so we'll talk about them a little bit. The Rangers. Rangers are also on a five-game win streak against a gauntlet of a schedule, so they're starting to turn things around. They're looking really good. It looked like it looks like they've woken up. Madison Square Garden's had some good fortune the last uh, couple weeks. Um, and then, of course, the Yankees get Rodone last night, right before the game started last night, that Seattle 49er game. Um we got the news that the Yankees signed Rodon for a six-year, $162 million deal. Um, and for the love of God, please, Yankees fans, can we settle the fuck down? I'll get into all of it. But we're going to start with the Knicks. All right, the Knicks are on a nice little run uh, right now, uh, winning five straight. But I got to be honest, I still don't fully trust this team. And the reason why is the reason why we're on the five-game winning streak. And that's Julius Randle. And I got to give credit where credit is due. Julius Randle has been balling, especially over the last 10 games. His last 10 games, 25.8 points per game, 9 rebounds, 4.6 assists, 45% from the field, 35% from three-point range. I will take that from Julius Randle any day of the week. It's just so bothersome, man, to watch him play basketball sometimes. Just some of the boneheaded things. Um Yeah, man, I just I, I don't I don't I don't fully trust this team yet. Um I mean, yes, I give credit to Tibbs. Fournier is completely out of the rotation. Rose the Rose and Cam Reddish experiment did not end up working to fruition i mean look he's finally putting in a defensive team you got grimes playing a lot you got mcbride playing way more and he's a dog on the defensive end and can give you you know some good minutes offensively uh we know what rj does on the defensive end and he's been you know last few games above 20 points that's kind of where you want him to be he still bothers me too, though. Both him and Randall just going to the left hand like religiously is an issue for me. Brunson too. Brunson does the same. They're all lefties. But I'll tell you what, man. Brunson has quickly became my new favorite player on this team. Uh, for those of you who don't know, they just beat Chicago the other night to get the fifth win in a row. And... Brunson was in a walking boot on Tuesday and played Wednesday night. So if that doesn't show you how tough this kid is and, you know, how much he wants to win and how much he wants to play, mind you, he went off the other night against Chicago along with Randall. Let me just pull up the stats here. Randall had 31 
And, and just, again, I go back to the frustration a little bit. And I know, you know, you don't really want to do that, especially when the team's playing well. I mean, they won the game the other night, but the the that last possession, they, they won the game in overtime and completely, you know, dominated overtime. It wasn't, it, it ended up being an eight-point win. But, um, you know, that last possession the other night is, is just, like, I hate to dwell on that type of shit, but it, it just happens every game. And it's, and it's where, like, I'm telling you, man, Randall, you, you saw it. Randall was clearing everybody out like he's, like he's king shit. Is he, is he king shit on this team, technically? I guess you could say yes. You could say he is the best player on the team. And although I think Brunson just, I think Brunson just means more to the team overall, which is why I personally would put him as the best player on this team. But I mean, come on, you're clearing everybody out. I get you want to make sure you get the last shot, which you ended up didn't get anyway. I mean, you, you did make a good defensive play on the other end of the floor to make sure it went to overtime, but you're clearing everybody out for what to go to to dribble to the baseline and shoot a bad fadeaway jumper on the baseline and airball it? I mean, it's just things like that that get me so pissed off about Randall because he just he makes the mind-numbing play when you can't have the mind-numbing play. My opinion, the ball needs to be in Jalen Brunson's hands at the end of the game because he will not make the mind-numbing play. He will make a smart play. Like, for whatever reason, Randall... He has to do it himself in those moments. And I get it. You're having a really good game. You know, like you're shooting well. And you're playing hard. And I understand that. And the fact that I'm even talking about that right now shouldn't even be a thing. This team is not talented enough to just go out there and beat somebody. You need to fucking bring the effort every single night. And I know I've made that point a million times over. But that's the one inconsistent thing about this team. And I'll tell you what, man. Say what you want about Mitchell Robinson. But when he's healthy and he's not in foul trouble, the dude can play, man. He's a defensive master. That dude can win defensive player of the year if he just stayed on the court. And what he gives what he gives you on the offensive end is the rebounding. I mean, they completely dominated the boards against Chicago the other night. And the defensive rebounding um, early on in the game was horrible. It, it, they they had a hard time stopping Vucevic, which, you know, he, he was a he was a one time All Star in Orlando, and then he came to the Chicago, and he's 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 a very consistent factor for that team. But Chicago isn't playing great, and again, Mitchell Robinson with the rebounding is a force. So if he could stay on the court healthy and not get into foul trouble like RJ did, you know, it's just one of those things where it's like. Because I, I used to laugh at people talking about how Robinson was just this major piece um, for this team because he couldn't stay on the court. And when he was on the court, he couldn't stay on the court because he would foul out of the game. So it's just, you know, it was a give or take thing with him. And he's been fairly consistent really recently, but I, I, I have very little faith that that's going to continue just because of his injury history and everything like that. Every time he goes up for a rebound or a dunk or anything like that, I hold my breath because... There's a possibility of him getting injured. But either way, he's looked really good. But um, back to my Brunson point real quick. I know I'm a little all over the place, but it tends to happen a lot on this show. I, I, I can't. 
This is why I need a co-host, people. They, I need to get reeled in a little bit and stay on topic a little bit. But, I mean, we're talking Knicks here. Um, Brunson last last game. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, 11 for 21 from the field. 3 for 6 from the three-point line. Two rebounds, seven assists. Um, yeah, man. That's, that's pretty darn good. Didn't miss a free throw. Um, I'm not mad at that. And the dude was in a walking boot the night before. My man put Caruso on his ass in overtime and hit the dagger three right in his grill. Um, look, I mean, it's a five-game win streak. So who did they beat? They beat the Cavs, which is probably their best win on the win streak. That was to open this win streak. They beat the Hawks without Trey Young. I expect you to win that game. They beat the Hornets. I don't care who's in that on that team. I expect you to win that game. They beat the Kings without De'Aaron Fox. I expect you to win that game. And they beat the Bulls the other night, who are kind of reeling right now. They're not. They're not. They don't look the same as they looked last year. I mean, they still got Levine and DeRozan balling, but they just don't have any size to speak of. So they they get they get killed on the boards. They, they, they have some issues that they need to deal with. And by the way, we're playing them again tonight. So in Chicago, it was one of those weird things. Like you played in Chicago the other night, and now you're playing again in Chicago on Friday. It, it, it was weird. It's not, And it wasn't a back-to-back. Very odd scheduling. But you beat a bunch of teams that you should beat. And the, I mean, in my opinion, and... I don't want to get too high on this team because let's see what they do again against Chicago. I mean, you just beat them the other night. The thing that frustrates me is that you ha- you had a good handle on that game for the most part. And then the second half starts and you just give it right back. And it's just, that game should have never went to overtime. Again, I know I'm, I'm being overly negative about this team right now. They just won five straight. I should be positive, but I can't trust it. I can't trust it yet, especially with who you just went up against, okay? You got the Bulls again tonight, and then you got Indiana on Sunday in Indiana. Let's see what you do there. And then you got the Warriors Tuesday night um, on TNT, nationally televised game. No Steph for a couple weeks. He's going to be out for a little bit. So let's see what you do here. I mean, the, the East is kind of wide open. Right now, they're the sixth seed. So, like, what do we expect this team to be? What did I say? I said play in. Well, 6 to 10, you know, I feel like that's not asking for too much. I understand that's kind of a vast, like, thing. But, I mean, no one's going to catch Boston and no one, no one's going to catch Milwaukee. Let's just be honest. They're the top. They're the cream of the crop of the, of the conference. Top six teams get, um, get into the playoffs like a playoff series first round and then from 7 to 10 they do the play in and then get into the series. So right now the Knicks are a half game above Indiana for the 6 seed. They're a half game back of Philly, they're a game and a half back of Brooklyn and they're two and a half back of Cleveland who are the 3 seed. That's the 3, 4 and 5. That's what's in front of you. So you <laughs> You got Miami behind you that's only a game back. Again, I said Indiana, who's a half game back. Atlanta, who is a game and a half back. Um, 
and Toronto, who are two games back. That's from 6 to 10. So it's very tight-knit right now in the Eastern Conference, with the exception of the top two seeds. Um, so, I mean, you're the sixth seed now. I, you know what? I want the sixth seed. I know I keep changing the expectation and everything like that. If you don't get a play-in spot, we're going to have some problems. But I want the sixth seed, man. At least. At least. Because, again, you got Miami behind you. I don't expect them to be, you know, as bad as they've been. I mean, they're literally 500 right now. You got Indiana, who I think you're better than. I mean, don't get me wrong. I love uh, I love Halliburton. But overall, I think you're better than Indiana. You got Atlanta behind you, who should probably turn it around soon. Although they got some, they got some internal mishaps going on. Trey Young, you know, apparently had a fight with the coach. Practice. He hasn't played in a little bit due to an injury. So they got some stuff going on there. Um, but yeah, man. Look, I mean, everything's right in front of this team, right? I mean, if they just take care of their business and play defense like they've been playing, I mean, come on, like. Let's see. Let's see. They've held They held the Kings under 100 points. They held the Hawks under 100 points. And they held the Cavs under 100 points. I mean, you hold teams to under 100 points, you're going to win most of those games. Can we continue that, please? I would really appreciate it. Again, I'm still not sold on them. They need to show me more. Um, I hate to be that guy to be like the negative dude in the room, especially after a five-game win streak. But... They got to show me more. Just to give you Brunson's stats on the year, by the way. He's 20.5 points per game, 3.5 rebounds per game, 6.3 assists per game, and he's shooting 47% from the field. I mean, honestly, for those of you who who are bitching about how much money we paid him, first of all, it's not your money. Second of all, uh, are you bitching now? The dude's been a godsend for the team. He's just been a godsend for the team. I love that dude, and that's definitely the next Knicks jersey I'm getting is Brunson. Love that guy. He's been really, really good. But, uh, yeah, man. Let's see what they do here in the next few games. I don't expect them to go on like this crazy win streak, but can we be competitive in all of them instead of, you know, doing this for five games and then looking like shit for five games and then looking good again for five games? I just want the consistency to be there, please, and the effort to be there, please. That's all I'm asking for, and I don't think it's asking for too much. All right. Let's get to the Rangers. I, I haven't talked about the Rangers in a while, and honestly, for good reason. They they haven't been giving me much to talk about, except for the recent weeks. They were on, you know. I can't remember the uh, I can't remember the exact stat that I heard from Don, but since they were up two one in the uh, conference final against Tampa, I think it was something along the lines they were like eleven fourteen and five. I think it was. Um, yeah, in those 30 games after, they were 11, 14, and 5. Now, I don't know about you, but that's not great. And that's including the playoff games, too. But, um, yeah, man, they, uh, they started a nice little resurgence here. They, they have. They've won five straight, just like the Knicks. And it, unlike the Knicks, it was against a gauntlet of a schedule. A gauntlet of the schedule. Me and me and my boy Evan go back and forth a lot on Twitter. We're both Ranger fans, and it's not arguments or anything. It's actually we're, we just both are making valid points. 
And um, I don't know how I feel about this coach. I, I see him all the time on Twitter going off about Gallant. And I can see why. And uh, I mean, look, say what you want about him. They definitely play for the guy. Because they're coming off a run now where, hold on, let me pull it up here. They've beaten damn good teams. So look, they, they've beaten the Blues with a 6-4 win. They beat the Golden Knights in Vegas 5-1, wasn't even close, and they're a really good hockey team. They beat the defending Stanley Cup champions 2-1 in a shootout in Colorado. Then they beat the Devils, who are leading the, the division, the Metropolitan, right now. They've been playing really well, and they won 11 straight on the road. They come to Madison Square Garden, and we beat them in overtime, 4-3. Um, to three. And then they just beat the Maple Leafs, who are consistently a juggernaut, even though in the playoffs they always come up short. Um, but consistently a regular season juggernaut, and they beat them last night. Um, so... Unlike the Knicks, again, they have beaten really good teams, and they've looked really good. This is all I'd like to see. I'm not going to get into too much of the Rangers, but this is all I'd like to see. Um, whatchamacallit. Oh, I forgot to put down my Yankee notes, but that's okay. We're, I don't need Yankee notes. Anyway, um, all I'd like to see is consistency in terms of the lineup. I mean, again, I know I did just say they definitely play for this guy, and they do. You could tell because they're not going 5-0 and in this stretch if they don't like the dude. And I said before this five-game stretch, we're going to know a lot about how they feel about this coach considering how they do on this next five-game stretch. I remember saying that specifically to Evan. And Evan made a good point last night too. And this is the problem I have with Gallant. Can we quit flip-flopping the lines around, please? Can we just stick to the lines that work? I mean, I feel like we have a new line, a new first and second line every fucking game. Just stick to it, man. Those top nine guys are going to be fine. Zabinajad, Panarin, uh, Kreider, uh, Heedle, um, Lafreniere, Kako, um, Look, man, those guys, like, and, and your defensemen, Truba, um, Lingren, Schneider, uh, Miller, like, those those top nine right there, those are set. You don't need to fuck with that, all right? Stop fucking with it. Can we just stick to the, stick to the lines that work, all right? Kratzov, who played really well and has played really well every time you give him a shot, has definitely deserved to play every day. Now, that's most likely going to be at the downfall of Sammy Blay, but Sammy Blay has not played well. I mean, let's be real. So, look, they played really well the last five games. Uh, who do they got coming up here? Um, on Saturday, they got the Flyers who have been on a – they started off great. And they've, they've just not been good. So I expect you to win that game. I don't care if you're in Philly. Go win that game. Get your revenge on the fucking Blackhawks who just smoked your ass. And they, they're not good at all. And they smoked you at home. 
So let's go beat them. Not much going on. I mean, just stick to the, just can we be consistent? Shesterkin has finally, you know, gotten out of his little rut. Five games in a row. Let's 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 continue the upward trend, please. Um because you're starting to get dig yourself out of that hole that you put yourself in. And good for them. Um But now I'm gonna get into the Yankees because I have a lot to say about the Yankees. Yankees get um, Rodon six years, hundred sixty-two million. That comes out to twenty-seven million a year. Fucking bargain! Can we please, please, like, stop talking about how this team don't spend money? You just spent four hundred million dollars on 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 Judge. I mean, obviously it's not four hundred million dollars. It's three sixty, close to it. You just spent one hundred sixty million on another pitcher. You're spending three hundred plus on Cole. You're spending two fifty plus on on Stanton. You're not. You're spending a shit ton of money on Donaldson. And by the way, they've been trying to get rid of Donaldson the whole offseason so far. No one wants him, and I don't blame them. But I I I'm, I I said it last week. And I'm just so tired of the fucking narrative that this team doesn't spend money. I'm sorry, but not many teams are going to spend money like the Mets are spending money right now, okay? And the Yankees, with this signing of Rodon, are getting very, very close to that $300 million tax threshold, all right? And I don't see them going too far over it if they even do go over it. Um, Just, we need to fucking calm down. It's always the next move after we get the move that we want. All I heard, all I fucking heard last week from Twitter, from Yankees fans all over the place, it, it, it is so frustrating. Oh, we need Rodone. They're in on Rodone. Can we get Rodone? Like, the, the most impatient fans in the fucking world, it bothers me to no end because you act like they're doing nothing. Like, all we hear is that they're in on Rodone. Don't you think, like, they got to negotiate? <laughs> like... Yeah, you're in on Rodone. The second you hear that they're in on Rodone doesn't mean they have to make the fucking signing right there. All right? Well, guess what? They got Rodone. And what have we heard since they got Rodone last night? All we've heard, well, now they need a left fielder. And you're not wrong. But can we just, can we be happy? I mean, look at this rotation now. You got Cole. You got Rodone. You got Nestor. You got Seve. Seve being your fourth starter, you should be thrilled. This Yankee rotation now is easily top four in baseball. Easily. And now you've got the fucking a nasty left-hander going in behind Cole. Which balances out the rotation. And now you like you got Herman or Montas at the end of that rotation. How can you complain about that? What's there to complain about? Just tired of these Yankees fans. Just being so fucking impatient for no reason. The offseason ain't over. Hello? Now, do they need a left fielder? Yes, they do. They need a left fielder. And I heard today that Benintendi wants five years, which nobody's going to give him coming off wrist surgery. No one's going to give him that. You can get Benintendi probably for a three-year deal. I'll be happy with that. Or go trade for Brian Reynolds. But can we just please settle down? I mean, let's, let's just... Can we just... Think about this this deal for a second. Now it is a longer term deal, and I'm I'm nervous about those. I get nervous about those, especially with the history Rodon has. He now he's been healthy the last two seasons, but prior to that he had Tommy John, all that fun stuff. Um, 
But Tommy John isn't as as uh, um, Tommy John used to be considered like the ACL for pitchers. I mean, people come back from Tommy John all the time now. So let's just settle down with that. Especially, you know, these Mets, some Mets fans, man, are just, you know, you just signed a 40-year-old, all right, like that came off of Tommy John two seasons ago, all right? So, look, I think I feel much better about Rodon um, than, than as far as health-wise than, than – uh, a 40-year-old Verlander. But that's neither here or there. He just won AL Cy Young. I'm not Again, I came on last week, initially was going to criticize it, and then I thought about it some more. It was a good deal, especially because it's only two years, really, with the vested option. And what that means, a vested option, uh, now I'm, I'm, I'm talking Verlander now, but what that means, the vested option, not this year, but next year when um, in the 2024 season, he has to pitch at least 140 innings in order to be able to exercise the option but two-year deal he's probably going to opt out anyway and see what he can get from there um because i think that vested options like at 37 million and he's already getting paid 43 why would he take less than that so we'll see depends on how he pitches and everything like that but it's neither here or there the mets are doing smart doing it smart because they're these are shorter term deals i i i I've come all the way around. I used, I, I, again, initially I thought it was the dumbest thing in the world, especially just letting DeGrom go. But after hearing DeGrom talk and realizing that he definitely didn't want to be a Met, and it's only a two-year deal, really. Because you got to figure, regardless of, of if he, you know, meets that 140-inning threshold, he's probably going to opt out anyway, talking Verlander. So it's not a bad deal. It's not a bad deal. Yankees are going a little more long-term. But Rodon is also 30 years old. He's not 40 years old. So I, I I don't mind that as much. And it's only at $27 million a year, which I like as well. For pretty much an ace to be your second guy. And everybody needs to remember, Seve was going to be the ace for this team until he had the injuries problems come up. So the fact that he's now your fourth starter, I mean, come on. You'd be blind to say that this isn't one of the best rotations in the league. I mean, I really only brought this up. Obviously, it's a huge signing, right? And I'm thrilled as a Yankee fan. And, but I, I'm, I can't understand for the life of me why Yankee fans just get so crazy. Like, all I see on Twitter, man, now Rodone's here. Now we got to automatically to the next move. Like, just settle down. Bask in the glory of the signings that we got. We have Judge. We have Rodone. Like, people forget Bader was a part of, like, I saw a tweet yesterday. So we pretty much uh, swapped Rodone for, uh, or swapped Montgomery for Rodone. Well, first of all, that's an upgrade. Second of all, um, you forget we got Bader in that deal as well, who is going to be the future center fielder for this team for a while. All right? And by the way, was your best player in the postseason. I know we dropped that ball in the outfield. That was just a miscommunication on him and Judge's part. But overall, the dude's a gold glove center fielder, can fucking cover the entire outfield because he has the speed for it. And, oh, by the way, he was the only dude that hit the ball in the postseason. So I'm starting to like that deal. 
You need the left fielder. That's it. And can we can we stop with the whole because you had Correa go to the Giants on some crazy deal? Look, eventually this team needs to start using <laughs> the young guys that they're not trading away. Okay? Because apparently Brian Reynolds, the Pirates want like a boatload of shit. And look, at the end of the day, I understand not wanting to get rid of them, but can we see them play? So that that begs the question, right? Do you trust Oswaldo Cabrera to be your full-time left fielder when uh, initially he was a middle infielder? Did he play well in left field? Yes, he did. Um, did it seem like it was too big for him? No, it didn't. He just didn't hit well, and and but he made plays defensively that, you know, he's a he's a very good utility guy. I love Cabrera. I want him. I want him to be on this team. He could he could pretty much play anywhere. But do you trust him to be your everyday left fielder? Uh, I'm not sure about that. Um, but with that being said, if we're not going to trade these prospects, can we please see them play? I mean, clearly you're not going after a shortstop. So it's this year it's either going to be Peraza or uh, Volpe at short. Because I swear to God, if I see IKF at short one more time, I might blow my brains out. And I don't know what they're going to do with Donaldson. They're trying to get rid of him hard right now. And no one wants him for good reason. He's a piece of garbage and he's not good anymore. And he's making $25 million a year. No one's going to want to pay that. The only way you're getting rid of Donaldson is if you pay most of that. It's the only way you're getting rid of Donaldson. And you put something to, and you throw someone else on top of that. Again, I brought up Glaber Torres. I haven't heard much about him or him being moved. I think, a, I think you should try to trade him for something. Um, and let DJ be your everyday second baseman. I think DJ would be way more comfortable in that position. I get DJ, you know, um, I get that, you know, he's had the injury bug the last two years, but he's been your utility guy. You've been putting him everywhere. Put him where he's most comfortable and just let him rock. I think that'll change some things for sure. But, um... That's just my opinion. I think they should do something like that because Glaber, obviously, offensively used to... Remember when everybody thought Glaber was going to be the best player on this team? <laughs> what happened to that? What happened to that? And really, that's another thing that bothers me about the Yankees so much is, like, they keep all these prospects all the time. They keep they always keep them for too long, right? Like, Glaber, a few years ago, you would have got a boatload for him if you traded him. Gary Sanchez, you would have got a boatload for him if you traded him early. Greg Bird. I Remember Greg Bird when he went on that fucking just crazy tear in the postseason? Everybody thought that was going to be the first baseman of the future. Well, no. <laughs> he couldn't stay healthy. And you got nothing for him. Luke Voigt led the league in home runs in the COVID-shortened season. You would have got a boatload for him. Nope, you decided to keep him one more year, and he barely played. And you got nothing for him when you let him go. So, that's just my thing. If we're going to keep these guys, again, I'd like to see them fucking play. If not, can we make a deal here? Can we make a move? They're not going to make a move, though. Especially if it involves Peraza or Volpe. Those two are untouchable. Which doesn't make sense to me because they both play the same position. But... I don't know, man. We need to see the kids play if you're not going to get rid of them. 
Like, I'm tired of hearing about how all uh, how great they are in the minors and yada, 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 yada. Um, Peraza or Volpe would be a ve- way better option than IKF at fucking deep, uh, at shortstop defensively, for sure. And that proved itself last year when we finally saw um, Peraza come up and play. Um, you can't have what happened last year in the postseason happen again this year, period. You're in the ALCS, and you don't know from game to game who you're going to put at shortstop. That's a problem. All right? So, again, Yankees fans, please just relax. Please. Just relax. You guys make me want to fucking delete my Twitter. I swear to God. It's not even politics. Normally, the politi- the political shit makes me want to leave. No, you you idiots make me want to leave. Because you just have no right mind about what the fuck is going on. Be happy we got Rodone because that our rotation now is one of the best in, in the majors. And be happy we re-signed Judge because before any of this happened, that's all you wanted. Now all of a sudden you want everything else. We're not going to have a fucking all-star at every goddamn position, so settle the fuck down. Can we just be realistic, please? <sighs> that shit frustrates me to no fucking end, man. It's so aggravating. Just be happy. <laughs> and good for the Yankees on doing that signing. Good for them. I'm glad they did that. They definitely helped the team out. Um, again, you you did bolster the bullpen a little bit signing Canely. Uh, I'd like to see them do something else there. But again, they're getting real close to that $300 million tax threshold. And I don't think they're going to go over it too much. And if they do, it's not going to be a crazy amount. So, again, just please, Yankees fans, chill out. All right? Chill out. All right, on to the to the New York football. Oh, jeez. What to say about the New York football in the last few weeks? We haven't had a victory Monday in a while for these two teams. Um, I'll start with the Jets. The Jets lose in Buffalo over the weekend. And I got to tell you, man. Watching Mike White get hit the way he did, oh, that was brutal. I don't think I've ever seen Mike, like, I don't think I've ever seen a quarterback get hit like that. Like, dude, he literally looked like a long chair. Ed Oliver came through and just smoked him. Fucked his ribs up completely. Flacco comes into the game, fumbles literally on the first play. That dude just looks like a statue. He's done. Um... Mike White comes back after that hit, gets hit again, leaves the game again, and then comes back again. That team loves that guy, all right? So if he, as long as he's ready to go, he's the starter. Um, and look, I mean, that defense is for real. I've been saying it for the last probably month. The, the Jets defense is serious, bro. I know damn well the Bills don't want to see their asses again. I know they don't. Josh Allen does not want to see the Jets' defense again. And the reason I say that is the next time they would see each other is probably the divisional round. Because it looks like the Bills are going to get the one seed. But that's neither here or there. Um, But uh, you lose the game. Again, shitty conditions up in Buffalo. 
I mean, look, did I expect you to win that game? No, but it wasn't a blowout like I didn't think it would be. So, look, for both New York teams, they got probably their biggest weekends coming up. And I know I said that about the Giants, the first Giants uh, Commanders game, which it still stands because that tie is looking great right now. Um, especially with Seattle losing last night. Um, and I and I go back to my point when I started off the show saying that both teams kind of really need some help. Look, the Jets, all the I mean, really, it's right in front of both of these teams. So the Jets kind of have to win out. They kind of have to because you look at the Chargers schedule, and it's it's. It's like it's it's not the worst schedule in the world. So let me go through the Chargers schedule. The Chargers got the Titans this weekend at home. Um, they go to Indianapolis for Monday Night Football the week after that. That should be a win. The Rams stink, so that should be a win. That's their next game after that. And then they end the season against the Broncos, who also stink. So the team I'd be concerned about, if I'm a Jets fan, is the Chargers, who can get to 10. You're going to need to get to 11. Um, because the conference winning percentage is also a, a, a tiebreaker and the Chargers got you there. So, with that being said, the Jets, let me see, the Jets got um, Detroit this weekend, which is no fucking pushover. Detroit's 5-1 and one in their last six games, uh, just so, so for everybody knows. And by the way, for Giants fans, keep an eye on them. Especially with Seattle kind of falling apart. They're right there too. Six and seven. Seattle just dropped to seven and seven. So um you know the the Lions beat the Jets this weekend. They uh um they they tie with Seattle and they're right behind you. Which is why I go back to the point again for the Giants, it's the biggest game of the season, probably the biggest game of the last ten years. And uh, they have to win. But uh, back to the Jets, though. I'm sorry. I know I'm going all over the place. I'm getting text messages here um, right now. But uh, whatchamacallit. I'm sorry. I got distracted. I apologize. They, uh, They elevated Zach to the backup after that performance by Joe Flacco, for sure. And... You know, you had Salah come out talking about uh, how, you know, Zach's proven to, you know, he's earned to move up in this spot. Um, He clearly gives the Jets a better chance to win after watching Flacco play that game last week. And, you know, Salah kind of ain't bullshitting when he says he earned that spot back because... uh, that team disliked him very much. And he has to be telling the truth because uh, that team would know if he wasn't. <laughs> and we would see that in their play. And you'd probably hear some shit coming out of Jets camp if if the team was not in love with that decision. So... Because they've been very open about it already this season about how you know some of the things that Zach has done post post game on the field, all that type of shit. You know, the, the team's been very open about how they felt 
about him. So you got to think that he's telling the truth there in terms of how Zach has definitely, you know, earned that spot back. And you got to think that kind of leaves the door open for him to play. Now, Mike White's going to play, but we don't know how bad that rib situation is. Uh, you know, he's he came out and said he's he's fine. He's going to come and be ready to play. And it's smart. that I don't think Zach should start at all. Mike White definitely gives you the better chance to win. Um, but, you know, that's always in the back of your mind. Because of the rib situation, he's definitely going to be wearing a flak jacket. So let's see if, you know, he could dodge Aiden Hutchinson. Because that's really the only dude on the Lions defense that I'd be remotely concerned with. They got that rookie corner too. I can't, his his name is uh, slipping right now, but he's pretty good too. But it's going to be a fun matchup this weekend. And it's a dangerous team. Now, Jared Goff in games under 40 degrees is 0-4 and has a very bad QBR and not a very good completion percentage, and he doesn't look good. Can't play in those cold games. So there's an advantage for New York. Uh, But with that being said, Jared Goff is also playing his best football of his career right now. And, you know, that offense is serious. They have weapons all over the field. Jamison Williams finally came back. He, He had a big play last week um in his first game back off an ACL tear in the national championship game with Alabama so he looked good you got Amon Ross St. Brown who I'm hoping has a good day because I need him to for fantasy purposes but that's neither here or there in the playoffs for both my leagues but um uh Jamal Williams DeAndre Swift um I can't think of the tight end's name it's not Hawkinson, obviously, because you got rid of him. But, yeah, man, they got an explosive offense. And they got one of the best off- offensive lines in football. So, but the J- the Jets also have the best defense, one of the best defense in- defenses in football. Excuse me, couldn't talk there. But, um, it's going to be a fun matchup. And, look, you should be able to run the ball on the lines. You should be able to throw the ball on the lines. Do I think it's going to be a shootout? No. Because if it's a shootout, you're in trouble. Because, again, that Lions offense is no joke. But you have the advantage being at home uh, in the cold. And, you know, again, Jared Goff doesn't play very well in those games. So, and by the way, if you want to be a playoff team, go out and win this game. Go out and win this game. Because... While the Lions are playing great football right now, I still overall think you're the better team, and you should win this game. So, I mean, we'll see what happens. Hopefully Mike White stays healthy and, and, and can play through the game. Um, that Zach Wilson thing is a little bit of a bigger story than people are making it out to be, in my opinion, because him being elevated to that second-string spot right now is showing me that they're definitely not done with him. You know what I mean? I mean, granted, it's the second overall pick. I'd be surprised if they were done with him. But um, granted, I again, I did say that I thought he was done. I don't think I still don't think he'll ever play another snap. But him moving up to that second spot um, definitely leaves the door open. So yeah, go out and beat the Lions, man. Not saying you should beat the Lions, but if you want to be a playoff team. Go out and win this game. 
Because everything is right in front of you. And the same goes for the Giants. Look, the Giants got smoked against Philly. I'm not going to get into that game way too much. That game was over before it started. You're moving the ball well on the first possession, then you fumble at the 50-yard line, and the floodgates open from there. All right? It was 20 mo- it was 21-nothing before you could even blink. Philly's just better. All right? I'm not going to fucking like dissect that game to a pulp because that game at the end of the day didn't really mean anything. All right? Especially with Seattle on the downturn as they like that they're on right now. That tie means more than people think. Actually, it means everything at this point because if you don't tie with Washington, they have the tiebreaker on you. And you're probably out of a playoff spot right now because Seattle has the tiebreaker on you because you'd be seven and... What would you be? I believe you'd be seven and seven or seven and six. One of the two. Either way, seven and six. You'd be seven and six going into this Washington game, but you're not. You're seven five and one, and Seattle keeps losing. So that's a good thing. Either way, I'm not going to dissect the Eagles too much. Jalen Hurts is my MVP so far right now, um, and if you think otherwise, you're not watching the same thing I'm watching. That dude is the entire offense of that team. Um, you could talk about AJ Brown and Devonte Smith all you want. The scheme revolves around Jalen Hurts, and it's obvious. One of the best offensive lines in the league. They got a really good defense that can't stop the run, but they've been doing better of that in recent weeks. Um, I like their secondary with Bradbury and big play Slay. The Eagles are really good, man. I mean, there's no ifs, ands, buts about it. I was hoping it was going to be a closer game just considering it was a, you know, a division game, but to sit here and tell you I expected the Giants to win this game... I'd be lying to you. And to sit here and tell you I expected it to be a blowout, I'd also be lying to you. But, hey, that's what happened. And the talent gap showed itself. All right? So that I'm done with talking about that game. On to Washington this weekend. This is the biggest game. This is a must-win game. Must-win game. Um, special teams needs to be better. Pretty much every facet of the game... Like, just throw the Philly tape out, all right? You just tied with this team in a game where if Darius Slayton doesn't drop that uh, third down play, that deep third down pass, we're not even talking about this right now, okay? We're talking about maybe going 2-0 against Washington because that's, that's a win right there if we can just catch the fucking ball, all right? So, not saying that... Um, like, like in terms of the talent gap between these two teams, it's pretty on par. You got the advantage at running back and quarterback. Everywhere else, I think, is, uh, you know, obviously they're better at the uh, receiver position. That's not even fucking close in the commanders. They're just way better at the receiver position. If McLaurin and Samuel were on the Giants right now, I would have zero problems. Um, and I feel like Daniel Jones would be way better. That's neither here or there, though. Um, defense, you can argue that the front four for the, the, the commanders is, um, relatively better than the giants, but as far as everywhere else on the field, they're, they're pretty similar. All right. So this is going to be a very evenly matched game. I don't expect this one to be a blowout. It's so funny. You had Dan Orlovsky going over, uh, talking on, uh, 
uh, the K show the other day talking about how, you know, he thinks that Washington is just exponentially better in every facet of the game over the Giants. I don't know how you could say something like that after the Giants just tied with Washington. All right? And I get it. I get it. They looked bad against Philly. But, and Washington beat Philly to their credit. But Philly did not play their best game against Washington, and Washington played their best game against Philly. Period. Washington does not blow people out. Neither do the Giants. I mean, just look at every game so far this year. All right? Even when Washington beat Philly, it wasn't a blowout. They won by 11. And again, Philly made stupid mistakes in that game. So I don't, I don't, I don't take that game either way. I don't, I don't, I'm not too high. I'm not too, whatever. But at the end of the day, I'll say the same thing I said about the Jets. If you want to be a playoff team, go out and win this fucking game. All right. You got to go out and win this fucking game. Point blank period. All right. Can we just clean up some of the mistakes? No more fucking stupid taunting penalties, even though I hate the calls, but it's a, it's in the rule book, all right? None of that shit. No more drop balls. Can we please, please have Daniel Jones run the ball a little bit more, please? I mean, this is the biggest game probably of his career. Uh, we need to go all out. I, I, know, I know everybody's like, well, he can risk getting injured if he runs the ball. Dude, I mean, if you're not going to play all out, for a playoff spot right now, then when will you? All right? And that's not on Daniel Jones. That's on some of the play calling, too. Like, I'm talking strictly to the Giants, period. Like, no stone unturned, all right? We need to pull out the stops. We need to open up the playbook. We need to do everything we can to win this game because this is easily the biggest game the Giants are going to have this season. All right? I have to bring up Don and Peter on the Michael K show, though. They've had some horrible takes this week. Two in particular, all right? The one was, Peter was is talking about how, like, happy he was. And Peter, by the way, is a Commanders fan. But Peter was talking about how happy he was that the, the division as a whole now is super competitive. And I'm sitting there thinking to myself, are you fucking kidding me? Like, like, as a Giants fan, or anyone who listens, if you're a fan of any team in your division, do you take pride in in what? Like, do you take pride in your division being so good? I mean, don't get me wrong. For years, the NFC East was probably the best division in football. You know what I mean? I guess you take a, a slight amount of pride in it, but if I'm the Giants and I'm last place in that really good division, I'm fucking sick. I'm not. I'm not taking no moral victories home. Talking about how, oh well, our division was great. So you know what? The Giants finished last. That's fine. No. 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 It, it's an asinine take. I would. I'd much rather the Giants have 14 wins every year and the Cowboys, Eagles, and 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 commanders have like six wins. If they're bad, if those teams are bad, specifically those teams, it makes me feel all fuzzy inside. It makes it makes I don't like even if the Giants suck, like watching those teams suck. And by the way, for the last five years, this is how it's been anyway. Watching Dallas collapse in the playoffs, 
Dude, Philly winning that Super Bowl in 17 made my heart ache. And I had Giants fans, who like friends who were Giants fans, going for Philly in that game because they didn't want to see Tom Brady win another Super Bowl. Frauds. You're frauds. You're all frauds. I was rooting so hard for New England in that Super Bowl. So, and by the way, Philly winning that Super Bowl, I can never ever say to a Philly fan again, oh, well, we have four and you got zero. Now they got one. They got one. Like, you've never won a Super Bowl. I used to have that on Philly fans. Boom. Now I don't. All right? So, that that's one take that was just bad. Okay? And that was more Peter than Don, although Don kind of, like, was with it. The second one that I, that, I don't, I don't understand this one at all either, okay? Don the other day said some shit like, now you heard me just now say, the Jets and Giants, if you want to be a playoff team, win both these games, right? I believe that. But I'm not going to go as far as to say, if you don't win these games, you might as well just not get in. Because backing into the playoffs, what's so good about that? Uh, You're in the fucking playoffs. And mind you, that was Don's take. Like, oh, if we have to back... Essentially what it was, if we back into the playoffs, well, why why would we even want to be there? Oh, because you're in the playoffs. Like, what do you mean? Look at the fucking... Look at the NFC... What is that? South? NFC South? NFC South. Hold on. Uh, uh, uh. This thing bothered me so much. This take bothered me so much. It's just, it, it, it kind of blows my mind. But, um, I mean, look at the NFC South. You got Tampa, Carolina, Atlanta, New Orleans. Tampa's leading that division at 6-7. and seven. You think Tampa's going to give a fuck if they make the playoffs winning their division with a losing record? No. No. Now, do I think it's ridiculous that they'll get a home game on Wild Card Weekend? Yes, I do. I do think, like... If you're a wild card team and you have a better record than the fucking division winner, you should be playing at home. But that's neither here or there. You think Tampa's going to be sitting there crying when they win the division with seven wins and they got a home game, home playoff game? No. You think Tampa fans are going to be upset with that? No. Is that not backing into... Is that not the definition of backing into the playoffs? And Don went into like, oh, well... You backing in like you're gonna need a lot, and I made this point to start the show. They're gonna need some help. Like you don't want to sit there and oh wait to see what Seattle does, or wait to see what Detroit does, or wait to see what Washington does. Well, if all those things happen, why would you be upset? I'd love to back into the playoffs if it means we're making the playoffs. Like, like, are we really talking about this right now? So from Don's logic, right? And by the way, I love this show, guys. Listen to it every day. But from Don, and this is why me and Dave Rothenberg, who hosts the, uh, who hosts the morning show, are on the same wavelength. I've never, like, I've called in a couple times. Like, it's not like I know them or anything, but we're on the same wavelength. He thought it was a ridiculous point too. Fuck, I don't give a shit if I got five wins. I'm in the playoffs. I'm in the playoffs. And yeah, do I need Seattle to lose? Do I need Detroit to lose? Yeah. But if that happens, I'm not going to be mad. I'm still going to be sitting there fucking jumping for joy if if we sneak into the playoffs. All right? So, t- 
to sit here and say, oh, if we have to back in, why even, uh, like, that does nothing for me. Well, that, you're a fraud fan, Don, Don, if that's the case. Fraud. Fraudulent fan. I couldn't believe that. Fucking back me in, baby. If we get in because Seattle loses and Washington loses and all those teams lose and we we sneak right in there because they all stink too, sign me up. Sign me the fuck up. <laughs> At the end of the day, they, they got to go beat Washington. I think they beat Washington this weekend. I do. I do. Because I think they're going to pull out all the stops. And if they don't, well, then they're in some trouble because then they got Minnesota at Minnesota and then they got to play Indy at home, which they should win. But then you got to hope if they don't beat Washington this weekend, you have to hope Philly has that one seed locked up before week 18. You have to hope that. And you know what? That's another point. Like, that's another point Don made in regards to why well why do you want to hope for that when you could when you have it all in front of you don you're not wrong in that aspect go beat washington i agree with that point but to sit there and pretend like you'll be upset and you have to hope for philly to fucking have the one seed locked up well guess what i'm gonna do if we lose against washington i'm gonna hope and pray philly has that one seed locked up and they bench all their starters on week 18 period and that doesn't even guarantee you beat philly because philly's pretty fucking good I don't know. Go beat Washington. I think they beat Washington, okay? I think they do. Don't quote me on it because it's a very even matchup. We'll see what happens. I'm excited as shit for it. And it's Sunday night. They flexed it to Sunday night. So let's go, baby. Let's go. Go fucking win this game. Go win this game. All right. Ooh, feisty at the end there. Cause I couldn't I couldn't believe those takes. I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it. I don't know. <laughs> Alright, on to my picks this week. Um I went three and two last week. Listen, guys, if you listen to me, you'll make some money. I promise. My record's decent. I don't know my overall record this year, because I haven't I don't write these picks down or nothing. I probably should. But um I don't. <laughs> But uh, here we go. All right, I got I got these five picks for you. Minnesota home against uh, home against Indy. Uh, uh, they're four point favorites. Uh, I like them to bounce back after losing against Detroit. Uh, they're home. Um, Indy stinks. They should beat Indy. Period. Uh, excuse me. I'm sorry. Wow, that snuck up on me. So, I like Minnesota, four-point favorites. I think they cover the four and win the game, obviously. Buffalo, home against Miami. Love this game. Um, They're seven-and-a-half-point favorites for good reason. I think it should be even larger because Miami going up to Buffalo after needing fucking heaters on the sidelines in L.A. (laughs) They're going up to 20 degrees, snow. By the way, everybody who's in the fantasy playoffs... Pay attention this week. Set your lineups today. Because we got three games on Saturday. Three games. That's the Saturday night game. Uh, Miami in Buffalo, 8-15. And Minnesota and um, Indy are also Saturday. Um, so, yeah. I like Buffalo, 7.5 point favorites. Uh, against Miami, I like them to cover the 7.5. 
Cincinnati at Tampa. Cincinnati's been on a roll. Uh, you know, they're getting mixed and healthy. Jamar Chase is back to his former self. Um, T. Higgins, I think, is going to be out for this game. If he's not, he's game time. Tyler Boyd. Look, Cincinnati's just better. And Tampa stinks. I don't care if they're at home. Tampa Bay is going to lose this game, and they're going to lose by a lot. So I love Cincinnati covering the three and a half. And this is my homer pick. You don't have to pick this one if you don't want to, but I'm taking the Giants. This is my only underdog pick of the week. Um, Washington's four and a half point favorites at home, and I think the Giants win this game solely because they need to win this game. So, and I'm hoping to see a desperate team. I really am. I really am. So I think the Giants win the game outright, obviously, which means they would cover the four and a half. So I got them there. And then uh, the Monday night game. I didn't really love all these games this week, but I got Green Bay covering the seven points um, at home against the Rams. Look, I mean, what are the Rams going to do? They got Baker Mayfield, the quarterback, who just pulled off that miraculous comeback against uh, the Raiders, the Raiders aren't great, and they've they've dropped games like that religiously this season. Um, I don't love Baker Mayfield. I like Green Bay covering the seven Monday night against the Rams. I just do. They're seven point favorites at home. Hopefully, Rodgers, you know, has a has a good game. Not too much analysis on this. I just think the Rams are that bad this year. So, and you're not going to have Donald. You have everybody out. So, I, I I don't I don't think Green Bay will have any trouble, especially coming off the bye. So we'll see what happens there. But I don't think they'll have trouble covering the seven. So those are my five picks. I got. Let's run through them again. I got Minnesota covering the four. Got Buffalo covering the seven and a half. Um. So Minnesota minus the four, Buffalo minus the seven and a half, Cincinnati minus the three and a half, the Giants plus four and a half, and uh, Green Bay minus the seven. Yeah, so that's it. I thank you all again for listening. Um, Yankees, big signing. Uh, Giants need to win this weekend. Um, Jets also need to win this weekend. Let's hope they do, man. Hopefully I'll come back next Friday and they both have a dub in their pocket. But yeah, let's see what happens. Let's do it. Thank you all for listening again. I appreciate you uh, bearing with me through another episode. I'll be back next week. Thanks, guys. Peace.